Welcome back to the Fit-ish Project with your host, Lathan Bass. Uh, we are back with a new episode this week, kind of building on last week's episode, which was tailored around talking about my marathon experience. And I thought that I would do kind of a two-part series with the marathon information. And so last week was just more so about, you know, race day and the experience that I had with that and you know, all those kind of cool details, basically just about the whole the whole story. But I wanted to also do a kind of part two of more so like a how to basically like how I went from not running at all to running a marathon in about four and a half months. And reason being is because I had several people reach out to me either during my training process or after my marathon and asked, you know, like they were interested in getting signed up for a race, either like a half marathon or a marathon or just getting into running in general and but they didn't really know where to start so they were just asking questions about you know certain things I did questions about training just kind of general questions about how to basically get started so since you know I started from like I said not being a runner at all to running a marathon I thought that I would just share my experience things that I learned and uh, hopefully be able to help some people out get into their own little running journey and run a marathon if that's something that you're interested in. Obviously, you know, I'm not a professional runner or an expert on this subject by any means, but I do enjoy trying new training methods and modalities and, you know, anything when it comes to fitness, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. So anytime I try something new, I always try to you know, dive head first and get as much knowledge as I can from other people who are smarter on the subject than I am, uh, read books, listen to podcasts, Social medias is a big help as well, finding people who know what they're talking about and who have reliable information. So I did a lot of that stuff, a lot of research and a lot of learning on my own. And then obviously with training for the marathon, I got to put a lot of the stuff that I was learning right into practice. So some things that went well, some things that didn't go well, maybe some things that you wouldn't necessarily think about when it comes to running and some things that you could focus on. So, you know, since it's still pretty fresh in my brain and I still feel like I'm just kind of getting started with this whole thing. I thought that I would make a podcast all about how I did it. So that is what this is going to be about. So again, if you're somebody who's looking to get into running, uh, maybe you want to sign up for your own race, then this podcast will be helpful for you. So getting into it, it's kind of going to be broken down into three main parts. So I'll start with basically like figuring out your plan. And then I'll get into talking a little bit about like training and what training looks like and kind of how I trained, and then also talk about recovery a little bit with the training. And then lastly, we'll talk about nutrition just a little bit, and then finish off with just a couple like tips and just some things to look out for, some things to think about when you are getting into running. So we'll start off with this very first part. Number one, the first thing that you have to do is figure out your plan. So before you get signed up for a race, before you, you know, commit to running a marathon or running in something that is going to be difficult to attain, make sure that you have enough time to commit to the process. So figure out how much time you have to commit, how much time you have in your week. You know, depending on your goal, you may need to dedicate anywhere between three to five hours a week on just running. And that was something that I definitely underestimated when it came to this marathon training. I knew that I would have to obviously run quite a bit, but 
you know, when you're running, especially those long runs, when you're running 10, 12, 15 miles, like it's very, very time consuming. And so make sure that you actually have the time within your schedule to commit to training so that you can get the most out of your training process. And, you know, you're not just selling yourself short. So that would be number one is figure out how much time you actually have to dedicate to training. Again, if you don't have tons of hours to spare, then maybe a marathon isn't the best choice at this time. Or um, you can just make sure that you give yourself plenty of time as far as like, you know, weeks of training. If you can't, you know, run three, four times a week, then maybe stretching that event out and picking one that's further down the road, six months, eight months, whatever, where you have a little bit more time to prepare, that would also be an option too. But just make sure that you have the time to commit to it. And that kind of goes right into that point that I was just talking about. So if you're running a race, you want to make sure that you're giving yourself enough time to prepare. So like, if you're just doing like a 5k or something like a lot of people who have a general background in fitness could probably go out and run a 5k, no problem. If you're not a runner at all, and you've never run before, and you wanted to do well, you know, you'd probably want to give yourself like three or four weeks to kind of train for that. If you're going for something a little bit bigger, maybe like a half marathon, uh, it's recommended to give yourself at least about 12 weeks. So basically three months of training. And then if you are doing a full marathon, a lot of the recommendations that I saw when I was doing my research was to give yourself at a minimum 16 weeks. And if you're somebody who's a beginner, it's not a bad idea to give yourself longer than that as well, which I'll talk about kind of what I did with my whole experience and you know why I picked the race I did. So, And there's a number of reasons that you want to make sure that you're giving yourself enough time to properly train for this. The biggest one being avoiding injury. When you go from, especially if someone like me, or, you know, if you're somebody who's just not doesn't have a background in running, you want to make sure that you are doing it progressively and you're not just jumping into it week one and running 25 miles because that's probably not going to end very well, especially with a exercise like running where it's very repetitive. You want to make sure that you are not getting any of those little injuries or, you know, messing yourself up before you can even get started with this whole process. So give yourself enough time and just make sure that you're doing it smartly. Secondly, you also just want to make sure that you're giving your body enough time to adapt. Obviously, if you are training for something like a half marathon or marathon, like running 26.2 miles is not a normal thing that your body can do at this very moment right now, at least not do it very well. And if you do do something like that, you're not going to be feeling, not feeling very good. So you have to give your body enough time to actually adapt and make those changes and get stronger and get better at running and all that good stuff. So, and then lastly, you want to take your time with this process so that you can actually learn. Like there's a lot of things you have to learn when it comes to actually running a race like this and doing endurance running. If you do not have that background, you know, you'll learn how to pace your runs. You'll have to do a little bit of trial and error and figure out what you need to be eating, what certain things work well for your body, what things don't how to breathe properly on, you know, your runs and just little things like that. So it's a big learning process and you figure things out pretty quickly. But again, you need that time so that you can do some trial and error to figure out what things work for you and what things do not work for you. Because some things that work well for me or maybe work well for somebody else might not work well for you. So it's important that you try it yourself and you know figure out what that is going to look like for you. So when it came to me picking a race, 
Basically what I did is I knew that I wanted to run a marathon and I knew that I had the time to dedicate to training. Like I knew that I had those hours in a week that I could commit to training for a marathon. So the next step was to find a race that was at least 16 weeks away because that was the minimum recommendation that everybody was saying, like give yourself at least that four months to train. So I found some marathons that were at least that far ahead and, you know, some different locations that looked like they could be good and found one that was 18 weeks away um, with the Newport Marathon out in California. So I thought that that would be perfect. So signed up for that one, giving myself 18 weeks there. And I figured that would be enough time for me since I would be able to get in plenty of runs per week. I thought that I would be able to, and I have a general fitness background too. Like I'm not way out of shape, even though I wasn't in great running shape. I had, you know, some ground level fitness background so that I'm, I wasn't just going straight from the couch to running a marathon, you know, depending on your fitness level and where you're at, you may want to give yourself even more time than that. But that was what looked good for me. So I went with that one, which was 18 weeks away. After you kind of have that laid out, you have like your general plan, then you need to find a training program. So when it comes to training programs, there's tons of different programs out there. I did a lot of research before actually even signing up for my marathon to see like what kind of programs were out there. And there's free ones that you can find out there on the internet. Like if you just Google marathon plans, you'll find plenty of different free ones that are kind of laid out and give you a just a general background of what you can do based on how much time you have. So like you could search, you know, 16 week marathon programs, 20 week, 18 week, even longer than that. I ended up using a app. So I just used the Nike Running Club app, which was free. They had an 18-week marathon program on there. So I just used that one. Um, there's also other apps that I know of that you can use. Some of them are free. Some of them you have to pay for. Or like if you're really new and this whole process just seems very overwhelming and you don't want to do all the research, you could find a running coach or even buy a program from somebody who can like personalize it for you. So um, and I'll mention a couple of accounts that I follow towards the end of the podcast that I know they they offer services and they just put out a lot of really good content on social media. And I learned a lot from following their their accounts. So um, I'm sure that their coaching is probably pretty solid as well. Once you have your training plan picked out, uh, you want to make sure that you actually plan out your week from then. So like I said, it's going to be time consuming. Like they recommend a lot of times that you're getting in like four runs at a minimum per week. So obviously with having to run four times in a week and some of those will be longer runs as you start to increase your mileage and increase your running volume, like that is gonna be a little bit time consuming. So you need to figure out where in your week you can fit those in. And some, like, some programs will ask you to run six times a week. Now I'll share with you what I actually did in my program and kind of what that looked like for me, but just know that you'll probably be running three, four, five times per week. And some of those runs will be up to, you know, 45 minutes an hour. And then on your long runs, you might be spending two, two and a half, three hours running. So just make sure that you can plan that out in your week. With that being said, obviously you're going to have training days, but you also want to schedule in your recovery days. What I did when I was running is I tried not to run more than two days back to back at the beginning, just because like I said, I was new to it. I wanted to give my body a chance to adjust and I didn't want to 
suffered any injuries or anything like that. So I tried not to run more than two days back to back towards the beginning. As I got more conditioned and my body kind of built up and got used to the stress of running, I had several weeks where I would run three times in a row um, and it wasn't an issue for me. But I would err on the side of caution at the beginning and ease into it and make sure that you have two, three recovery days in there just to give your body a chance to adjust and you know get ready for all that you're going to be throwing at it. With you know your training, your running training, it's also recommended that you keep some lifting in your schedule. So at a minimum, you're lifting at least twice a week is what a lot of recommendations that I saw. And again, this is to help avoid injury, keep your body strong and resilient. Keeping a lot of like single leg type stuff is going to be very helpful in there because obviously when you're running, you're running on one leg. So if you can add in some single leg type strength training into your program, that is going to be beneficial to you. But again, keeping strength training in there just to keep the body nice and strong. Again, this will probably be somewhat of a trial and error process as well. Uh, you'll have to figure out what works well for you. Somewhere in that like two to four times per week, I originally started out doing four workouts per week. And then as my mileage and my volume increased, I cut that back to three times per week just because that is what I felt I was feeling best on and recovering best from. You don't want to be doing tons and tons of volume within your strength training program because you know you don't want to be overdoing it, obviously. Um, and you can play around with different workout routines, different workout splits. Like I started out doing total body lifts where I would lift, you know, a couple sets of each body part. I hit some legs and then I hit some upper body in there, some core type stuff. And I would just do that for every workout. And then a little bit later on, I transitioned and did more of a body part split. So I was only lifting my legs one time a week. And then I was doing upper body, like pushing movements and then upper body pulling movements. So those were my three workouts. And I transitioned to that because as the volume creeped up, I didn't want to be hitting my legs twice a week just because it was pretty taxing. Those long runs, when you get up there, you're running 15, 16, 17 miles, all the way up to 20 miles, which is what my program had me doing. I just thought, save my legs a little bit, still get some strength training in just to help, you know, with those injuries and staying strong and stuff like that, but just not overdoing it. So again, what I did, like I said, is I lifted four times a week in the beginning and then transitioned at the three times a week. It fit with my schedule pretty well, allowed for recovery. And uh, so that's just what I went with. And you'll just have to kind of play around with you. Um, but one thing I will say is just to make sure that you keep your, you know, your main priority, the main priority, which if you are running a race, like if you're signed up for a marathon or a half marathon, then that probably is your priority. So you're running in your training that you're doing for your running should take precedent over strength training. So like if you feel really beat up and uh, maybe you need a little bit of time off or you need to back off a little bit, then you should try to take, you know, take off a little bit from the lifting side of things and not so much the running side of things. Because again, the running is probably going to be a priority if you're signed up for a race. So just something to keep in mind. And I know that, you know, me as a big lifter and somebody who loves lifting weights, like I had to continuously remind myself that lifting wasn't my priority at this time it was running so keep everything that has to do with running in the front of my mind and not overdo it in the weight room do stupid stuff and you know risk getting hurt so that is kind of what the planning out your week and kind of what that'll look like when you get into the next topic of talking about you know the training itself and more details as far as that goes and then just the recovery a little bit like I said, most programs will recommend that you run like at least 
four sessions per week. And so what that looked like or what a lot of programs will have is they'll have one long run within the training week. I typically did that on the weekends just because you have a little bit more time, a little bit more flexibility typically on the weekend. So you'll have one longer run each week. Um, you'll have a couple easy runs. So like anywhere between like one to three easy runs per week. And these are done like at a really, really easy pace, kind of like a conversational pace, which I'll talk a little bit about here in a second. And then um, some programs will also throw in like a tempo run or some people call them like a threshold run, which is basically just you're running at a higher intensity somewhere closer to like your marathon pace or half marathon pace or sometimes even a little bit faster. But these are typically shorter, more intense type runs to throw in there. But as you're going through your, your training process, you want to make sure, again, that you are referring to your plan and stick to the plan um, just so that you are doing the correct amount of running volume and spending the correct amount of time on running. You don't want to be doing too much or you know, just kind of doing random stuff because if you do random stuff, you're going to have random results. So find a good plan and stick to that plan and you will see the best progress. Uh, you don't want to be increasing your mileage too quickly because then you're going to be at a bigger risk for injury. So again, just making sure that you are sticking to the plan or listening to your coach um, and just, you know, be smart about that stuff. One thing I wanted to mention is just with the long runs. So one of my big goals when I got into the training process was to make sure that I always hit my long run each week. In my experience, these were probably the most important runs and not even from a physical aspect, although that was important just to kind of feel what it was like to run longer distances, but more so from a mental aspect, especially if you're new to running and like you get up in those longer distances where, like I said, you're running 15 miles, 16 miles, 18 miles, 20 miles, like doing that is not normal. And um, it takes a little bit of mental training and just kind of like, you know, getting that mindset around running and what it's going to be like when it comes to marathon day. So make sure that you prioritize those long runs and try to get those in every week if possible. Uh, I think throughout my training process, my 18 week training process, I got all but one long run in. Um, I was kind of sick one week and wasn't really feeling real great. So I backed it off and basically took, I think it was five days off of running. So I didn't get my long run in that week, but every other week I got it in. And I think that helped me a lot when it came to uh, my marathon day, just because I had the confidence that I had done all these long runs. I knew what it was kind of going to feel like and it helped me quite a bit. So definitely prioritize those and make sure that you are getting those in. Um, and then last thing I'll say about just the training part of things is to make sure when it says easy runs on your program that you run those easy. And this was something that I made a mistake on, especially when I first started like my marathon training, I was very excited about it, wanted to make progress. So basically all my runs, I was just running like pretty hard and I wasn't really running my easy runs easy. I just thought that, you know, easy runs was just like, oh, like kind of just do whatever you're feeling that day. But when it comes to your easy runs, you want to make sure that you are running at a pace that keeps your heart rate down. And this is going to help build your what's called your aerobic base. So if you think about a pyramid at the very top of that pyramid is like, you know, your fast running, your tempo running, all that kind of stuff. But at the bottom of the pyramid, you have your what's called aerobic training. And the bigger your base is at the bottom, you know, the more that you can build up, the faster times you can run and, you know, the more successful that you're going to be as a runner. So it's important to take time to run at your easy pace to build that big aerobic base. And it just allows your, you know, your heart to function 
better and more efficiently, your lungs to kind of get used to things and just to get better at running in general. And it seems kind of counterproductive, like if you run slow to get better at running fast. But if you look at like anybody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to running, they will say that running your easy runs easy is a huge, huge factor in actually getting faster. And a lot of times they will say spend up like 70 to 80% of your runs will be easy runs. And I'll talk a little bit about this a little bit later, but like I can't overstate this enough that you need to run your easy runs easy because you're going to see the most progress when you do that. And a couple ways that you can kind of monitor if you're running at an easy enough pace is if you're running kind of like at a conversational pace where you can talk in, you know, sentences, you shouldn't be like, you know, super out of breath, like unable to talk. You should be running at a pace where you can keep a conversation with somebody. Um, another way to kind of gauge that is that you should be able to breathe mostly through your nose. You shouldn't be running so fast where you're like have to suck wind through your mouth. If you have to do that, then you're probably running too quick. And the other thing you can do if you want to get more like data driven with it, you can wear a heart rate monitor um, or like a chest strap and you're going to take your age and subtract that from 180 and then you will just try to stay below this number. So for example, if you take me, 29 years old, subtract 29 from 180, gives you 151. So I would try to keep my easy runs under a 151 heart rate. And a lot of times you might, especially when you get into these, like you're going to feel like you're running way slower and that is a good thing. Your easy runs or slow runs will probably be anywhere from like two to three, maybe even a little bit more minutes slower in your, than your normal like marathon or like kind of tempo pace. So it's going to help. You just have to trust the process. And then lastly, just talking about nutrition, just a little bit touching on this, because this is important when it comes to longer endurance type activities like this, especially like a marathon, something where you're running for three plus hours. It's important to make sure that you're fueling your body the right way. So the first thing I will say is, again, keep your main goal the main goal. If you're somebody who's getting into running because you want to lose weight, well, that's a completely different goal than getting into running because you want to perform well at like a half marathon or a marathon. If you're getting into running because you want to lose weight, then just understand that your performance isn't going to be as good as it could be. Your times probably aren't going to be as fast as they could be. Um, you won't probably see as quick a progress. You probably have more runs where you don't feel super energized or super great if you're trying to lose weight because losing weight, obviously you have to be in a calorie deficit. You're not providing your body with as much energy as you would otherwise. And it is just a stressor on the body. That's just, you know, the reality of it. So that's an okay goal. Just understand that if you are doing it to lose weight, then it's going to be a little bit more challenging. Now, if you're somebody who wants to like run a marathon or get their fastest race time or complete like a half marathon or become a better runner, get those faster times, faster mile time, faster pace, all that stuff, then you want to make sure that fueling your body is at the top of the list because if you're not fueling your body with the right things, again, you're not going to have the energy to run as well as you want to and recover as well as you want to. So just understand what your goal is and then make sure that you are doing the actions that's going to facilitate you you know, reaching those goals. Next point would be eat your carbs. So obviously endurance training or these longer type things require energy and you are going to get most of that energy from carbohydrates. So don't be afraid of carbs. If you're somebody who doesn't eat a ton of carbs, like in your normal everyday life, that's fine. But as you are adding in more longer endurance stuff, you're probably going to want to up your carb intake a little bit. So eating things like 
rice, potatoes, bread, bagels, fruit, oats, even some sports drinks in there can be helpful. Um, and this is something that I definitely had to up once I started running. I don't eat like a crazy amount of carbohydrates just on a normal basis, but I knew with this endurance training and with my goal to want to you know, get better as a runner that I was going to have to up my carbs. So I did that. You will have to do a little bit of trial and error, figure out what things work well with you. Like if you do well on certain carbs than others, like you'll definitely have to play around with that. Next point, hydration and electrolytes. Obviously staying hydrated is important. Again, when you're doing these longer endurance type things for you know, an hour, two hours, three hours at a time, it's important to make sure you're hydrated because as soon as you become dehydrated, you will feel it very quickly and it will affect your performance quite a bit. So, you know, the general rule just for the average person is to make sure you're getting at least half your body weight in ounces is like a good start. Like, you know, just for the normal person to stay hydrated. But obviously, if you are somebody who's training, you know, running three, four, five hours in a week, you're going to be sweating a lot more than the average person. So you're probably going to want to increase your fluid intake, you know, whether that's through just water or like maybe some sports drinks or something like that. But just make sure that you're getting plenty hydrated and keeping your body up to par when it comes to just feeling good and being able to perform at its best. Right along with that, you know, if you're sweating a lot, you're probably losing some electrolytes. If you're a, you know, a big sweater and a, a, a salty sweater like I am, then electrolytes will be pretty big help for you because as you're sweating a bunch, um, you're also losing electrolytes and you're losing salt. I know like on my longer runs that I'd have to run like anything over an hour and a half, I'd come back and I just have dried salt all over my face and all over my arms and stuff like that. So if I'm just replacing that with water, I'm not getting everything that I need. Like, yes, I'm like getting more fluids in my body, but I also need that salt so that, you know, my body can perform at its best and I'll actually feel decent and, you know, have more energy. So electrolytes are crucial, especially on those longer runs. And what I did is I just used like little electrolyte tablets or electrolyte packets. So like Element was one that I used quite a bit or like Noons was another one that I used. But basically they're just like salt in. So make sure that you're getting some salt in, some electrolytes in, and that will you know help you and prevent you from feeling like you're very low energy or kind of bonking, especially like on your long run. And then the last thing I'll say about nutrition is that like, obviously, you know, the training process is hard and challenging at times, but kind of the cool thing about running an extra three, four, five, six hours in a week is that you're burning quite a few extra calories than you previously were. So this is a good time to enjoy a little bit more food if you would like. Like you can get away with a little bit more. You can have, you know, some desserts, uh, maybe go out to eat a little bit more, just eat a little bit more in general. And you don't have to necessarily worry about packing on the pounds because you are burning extra calories. Obviously you want to be, you know, mindful about it and not just go crazy and eat every single thing in sight, but you can enjoy some more things and not have to worry about putting on a bunch of weight, which is kind of cool. And so I know that I definitely enjoyed that part of it and was something that I took advantage of. So just something to be aware of. And then this last little section, I thought that I would just give some random things that maybe you wouldn't think about as somebody who is new to running or trying to get into like your first race. So um, number one, when it comes to running shoes, I would suggest going to a running store to get help with getting the right shoes. Uh, this helped me quite a bit because originally what I did is I just got online. I found some shoes that were decent, had decent reviews, and 
I just bought those without ever trying them on, without ever running in them, anything like that. And they worked out okay. Uh, but compared to the second pair of shoes that I got towards the towards the tail end of my training process, I went into an actual running store and talked to you know a professional in the store who knew all about running, all about running shoes, provided, you know, measured my feet and provided me with different uh, shoes to try on. And then they actually had a treadmill in the store that I could try the shoes on and run in them just to see what felt best for me. And obviously this is better than just going online and just buying a random pair of shoes. Because like I said earlier, running is a very repetitive um, activity. So you want to make sure that if you're going to be spending you know, two and a half, three hours, four and a half hours, when you actually run your marathon in a pair of shoes, you want to make sure they're comfortable and they fit your feet right. Because while, you know, you could get through a couple mile run or you know, 45 minutes or whatever, if you're going to be in those shoes for four plus hours at one time, you want to make sure that you're giving yourself the best chance and the best advantage that you can so that those things are comfortable and they're fit to your body structure and your running style and all that good stuff. So just a small recommendation that I would do. Um, that's something that I would have did, you know, at the very beginning, if I had known a little bit better. Uh, number two, we got five of these. Uh, rest and recovery is crucial. I've kind of already mentioned this, but you know, if you're somebody who is not a runner and you're not used to all this new added training and added stress on your body, you want to make sure that you're getting plenty of sleep to make sure that your body is recovering, um, doing things like mobility to keep your body nice and loose and feeling good. That was something that I tried to up a little bit within this whole process is doing a little bit more mobility uh, just to try to stay loose and, you know, not let things tighten up, uh, getting active rest. So getting plenty of my or getting plenty of steps within your day is definitely helpful. And then lastly, like I said, with recovery, you want to make sure you're eating in a way that actually fuels your body to help with recovery. Number three, touched on this one quite a bit, so I won't spend a ton of time, but I thought it was worth mentioning again is to make sure you run your easy runs at an easy pace. Again, I didn't do this at the beginning, and that's something that I wish I would have done a little bit differently. I think I would have made a little bit better progress if I had done this, because like I said, I made a lot of progress right away, but I could tell as I was getting into it that my body just wasn't recovering quite as well as I wanted to. And I wasn't making much progress after I got like a month and a half into it until I started running my easy runs a little bit easier. So I feel like I wasted a little bit of time in there by pushing it too hard and not actually running my easy runs easy. So again, make sure that you are doing that. Don't be dumb and make the same mistakes that I did. Number four, a missed workout or even a missed, like if you have to take a week off, isn't the end of the world. You're not going to lose all your gains in one running workout or even one week. Like I said, I took, I think it was five days off and it actually ended up helping me more. I felt really good when I came back. So, you know, things come up, life's hap life happens and you might have to miss a run occasionally, even take a few days off or whatever. And it's not going to ruin all your progress. Just get back on track and try to be as consistent as you can. And then lastly, number five is just understand that not every run is going to feel good. You may not be motivated to go out and run. I know I was not, especially some of those early mornings or some of those long runs on the weekends. The last thing I wanted to go out and do was run 14 miles. But you got to do that if you want to reach your goal and, you know, you want to accomplish the things that you set out to accomplish. Then you got to put in the work and do things when you're unmotivated sometimes. Right. And there may be even be some times in there where you think about quitting. Like, like I said, on those long runs when you're out there, you know, you're at 15 miles and you still got to hit another three miles to get your 18. Like there's definitely times when the thought of quitting might cross your mind. Uh, but just understand that you're you're stronger than you think and you're more capable than you think. 
again, I was a person who was not a runner at all. You know, I was the kid in middle school who like couldn't run a mile without stopping. I hated long distance running. I was never a cardio person, but I trained in four and a half months and I ran a marathon. So like if I can do it, you can do it. You just have to be committed to the process and just understand that there's going to be times when it sucks. But as long as you stay consistent, keep going, just getting a little bit better each day, then you'll eventually get to that goal. Uh, right along with that is just like the cool thing that I really noticed about running and something that has made me enjoy it a lot more and actually want to keep it within my routine is like kind of the hidden benefits of running things that you don't really think about. So like, although it is kind of time consuming at times, it's like, it's uninterrupted time to yourself where you can just kind of think, reflect, um, you know, just maybe think through some things and you, you kind of get into like this meditative type flow state when you're out there running. And it's really nice time to just reflect and, you know, just quiet things down and just, it's just you and your thoughts, which I know now it's something that's hard to come by. I know like we're all busy. We're always on our phones. There's always things going on. There's always, you know, information to take in. And so this is just a really nice time just with, you know, you and yourself where you can just kind of relax a little bit, think through some things if you need to, or just kind of turn everything off and just go, um, which is something that I really like about running. And it's a big reason why I plan on keeping it in my routine just for that aspect alone. And then also just the ability for you to test yourself and you know show yourself that you can accomplish things and accomplish hard things at that. So I know for me, like it started as more so of a physical challenge and that was what I was looking for. But as I got more into it, I realized that running was just as much of a mental benefit as anything. So if you're not a runner, those reasons alone, I think, is a reason that you should give it a try. Or at least if you've been thinking about giving it a try, then go for it and you know do it. And then in conclusion, just a couple of last things that I'll throw out there. I had mentioned there was a couple of accounts that I followed that I learned quite a bit from. And these were on Instagram. Uh, they were both running accounts. So one was called Running Explained. Had a lot of really good like graphics and just information about running in general. I know that this account also has a podcast that they do, which was nice. I listened to some episodes of that just about different topics. And then there's another one called Run for PRs. Same thing, just really good quality pages with a lot of good information. And I know that they also do provide coaching services. So like if you're somebody who's looking for a coach, then that would probably be a good place to look. But I learned a lot from them and just thought their pages were really good for somebody who's trying to get into running. So that could probably be helpful for you as well. Um, but if you do have like specific questions, obviously, like I just, you know, went from not running to running a marathon. And so I learned some things. And if you're nervous or you have questions or whatever, like specific questions about you or your situation, you can always DM me on Instagram and I'd be happy to help or answer any questions that I can. And then lastly, I just say, you know, if you're considered signing up for a race, like you've been somebody who's always said like, man, I really like to run a marathon someday, or I'd really like to get into running, then I would say definitely go for it. Like I said already, I was never a runner and I didn't like running at all. The most I'd ever run at one time before signing up for this marathon was three miles at a time. And, you know, I just committed to the process because it was something that I really wanted to do and give myself that challenge. And four and a half months later, I completed a marathon, which less than 1% of the world population has ever done. It's kind of cool to be able to say. Um, so again, if you're somebody who has always thought about doing something like that, thought it would be cool to do, then I would say definitely go for it because again, you are 
a lot stronger than you think you are and you're capable of more than you think. Your your body is a pretty pretty awesome thing and will surprise you in many ways when you start to push it and once you cultivate the mindset, you know, that you can get through whatever gets thrown at you. So just for, you know, that that's just my two cents about it and uh hopefully this podcast was helpful. You know, if you have somebody who is looking to get into running or, you know, has mentioned to you, man, I really want to run a marathon or something like that, share this with them you know, could be helpful, but, um, that is all I have for this podcast. Appreciate you guys following along and listening so far, all of you who have, you know, reviewed, um, rated all that good stuff to help this podcast continue to grow. I appreciate you guys. And, uh, until next time, that is all I have for you.